Hey, good morning. Give it up for that worship team. They were awesome. Hey, uh, how many of y'all had a trunk yesterday? Would you stand up for me? I missed it, so I need you to stand up. Come on, everybody in the house today, like, these people set up a trunk and stood out in the freezing cold yesterday. Let's give it up, man. They, they were on mission. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you so much. Like, from my heart to yours, thank you. I, next year I'll be there. I'm sorry. I, I would have easily stood out there. Like, I've, I've proven that to my wife. I will stand out in the cold handing out food all day long. There was a time in my ministry I was like, we were, we were handing out these boxes, and it was snowing and sleeting, and one day it was raining, and it was below 32, and I'm like sitting there drenched, and I sat out there for five hours handing out food. I, I got on Facebook, and I was begging people, even though my, my face was chattering because it was so cold, I was begging people, come get this food, because it wasn't about me. It was about the kingdom of God, and that was yesterday, and I want to thank you guys. I I pray often for you, and I thank God for you because of who you are and what you do. And so thank you so much for showing up and serving this community, even by giving out a piece of candy to a little demon. You know? God's going to get them. So um, one, one other announcement real quick that I want to make. We are in the middle of processing and figuring out how we can update our audio-video equipment. That means these speakers that are 40 years old. That means uh, some of the sound equipment in the back that's 40 years old. That means the, a projector. Do you guys know we have a screen that actually works? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. And it comes down, and you could have three screens. Or, huh, if we had a projector that did better, we could do movie nights. Just throwing that out there. But we could use some help. We don't have that in the budget right now, but we would love to start raising that money. And I've set a goal of $10,000. And so if the Lord puts it on your heart today, next week, whatever, to put into that fund, we would very much appreciate it because we want to update the sound. We want to see the sound equipment become better where, where worship goes into another level and how God just continues to move. I'd like to add a couple more spotlights because, I mean, if you watch it online, it is, it is bad. It's dark, you know, and so we want to we up the experience of the online viewers. If you're watching with us, thank you for joining us, but we want to enhance your experience of meeting with us, and so uh, we just want to be that church that says, you know what? We want to go to the next level. God is, God is dragging us from this level to the next level, and we need to get there, so we put a goal of 10,000. If the Lord puts it on your heart to give to that, we would, we would be so happy about that, but we're praying about that and allowing God to move. Um, we will have a projector by Christmas, whether I like it or not, okay? I love it. So that's going to happen. Um, outside of that, let's, let's get into this. You, want, you ready? Hey, at West Des Moines Open Bible, come on, everybody. If you are a saint, sinner, abused, abuser, if you're heartbroken, if you're homeless, if you're homebound, if you're a whore, if you're lost, if you're fearful, if you're ADHD, if you're, you've ever been called a liar, if you're a hypocrite, bastard, lover, cutter, tweaker, junkie, if you're an alcoholic, if you're alone, if you're adopted, if you're abandoned, if you're addicted, if you're left over, divorced, disillusioned, LGBTQ+, old, young, cheater, wealthy, poor, wise, despised, infected, rejected, if you're in recovery, come on, if you're pierced and tatted or just a misfit, where are my misfits? Come on. This is your home and we want to welcome you home. Okay? This is your place. This is your place. Awesome, awesome. I got that. I didn't get that out of the way, but I got it out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, welcome to church, you bunch of misfits. I like being a misfit, creating mischief for Jesus, because that's what it's about. Hey, this morning, uh, this sermon really is inspired through social media. I've been inundated. Everybody say, inundated. In a bad way. By all these posts coming in talking about how Halloween is, is Satan's holiday. Don't serve it. Don't do this. i got to share something with you. As the stance of your pastor, as creepy and as demonic and as so much that Satan wants to take over a day, we do not let him. And I'm going to read into something because I believe some of the things that have been said have been taken out of context. And, and so today in the arcade, 
we are not going to go up to the play this game out of context through scripture game. Oftentimes as Christians, we take words out of context that the Bible says or something out of context. We read one verse, but we don't read the previous verses or, or the, the preceding verses. We just read this one verse and we, we come to a conclusion of our theology off one verse. And that's not good. That's bad. But oftentimes we do that. And I, I catch myself even like, oh, remember that verse? Oh, man, that was such a good verse. Man, that makes me, that makes my heart warm. And what I didn't read before would make my heart melt, you know. But I have to put it in context to make it really come alive in my life. And so I want to I play that game. But we're also playing another game. We're also playing the run from evil game. The game we shouldn't be playing. Oftentimes we, we use that verse, you got to run from evil. I think sometimes we take that out of context, and I want to get into that today. So I'm going to take this verse, just join with me. It's going to be a long Sunday, okay? <laughs> we're going to have a journey, because we're going to play the in-context game of what it means to run from evil. Y'all with me? I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, if uh, you want to be in discipleship, this is real good. So um, let's, let's dig in. Uh, before I read scripture, I want to tell you a story. Uh, I've heard this as well. If you want to read the scripture and have context, pray for comprehension. I was a, a young kid. I could read like nobody's business. I was fast. I was good. I had a sixth grade reading level in, in grade three, stuff like that, right? It was good. The thing is, is that as fast as I could read, I could never understand or repeat what I read. And what they call that in school is a comprehension issue. I grew up that way, and, and sooner or later it led to grammar being my worst nightmare. Grammar, not grandma. Grammar being my worst nightmare. And so that, that reading comprehension issue went into my writing ability, and I couldn't write. And I, I, to this day, I still look to Lola, and Lola cringes a little bit because she has to correct all my writing and all this and that. And, and God is you know, God miraculously delivered me for com from comprehension when it came to his word. How many people have ever said, man, I just don't understand it when I read it. I can't, I don't get it. You know what it took? It took me going, Lord, I don't understand. Will you tell me? And it took more than one prayer. And it took more than one time. But then when he started saying, Ben, I want you to read not just that scripture that that person gave you, but I want you to go in front of it and read 10 scriptures in front of it. And I want you to read 10 verses behind it. Because within context, I'm going to show you what it means. Man, I can read a scripture. You know what? Jesus wept. Woo! I can weep too! Do you know why he wept? the reason behind the weeping well he was sad because he wept well congratulations maybe he was angry maybe he was upset maybe he was so full of laughter he wept well you don't know unless you read you don't know unless you know the backstory and so this morning i want to dig into that scripture i want to i want to dig into amos everybody say amos isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Amos. You almost said a naughty word. Amos, chapter 5, verse 1. Bear with me. As many of you know, I have a reading issue now. I go, my mind goes too fast for the words out of my mouth. So I'm going to start in verse 1, and we're going to end somewhere around verse 15. And just so you know, I have two sections of scripture this morning, and I have four pages of notes, so congratulations. That's a big sermon for me. We will be here till 2 o'clock. Sorry, TJ, you will miss the game. Everybody around him, tie him down. Tie him down. Do it. You know what? My Siri just said, it's okay, TJ. Yeah, off my watch. I got to stop wearing that thing. Verse 1, chapter 5, it says, listen, you people of Israel... Listen to this funeral song I am singing. Someone say, someone just passed away. Now look at your friend and say, I hope it was me. Because what I once knew, I cannot know now. What I once knew, I can't keep with me. I've got to let it die. 
I've got to have a funeral every day for myself because the person in the world's got to die because that person just wants to do things of the world. But today I tell you, I'm not doing things of the world, I'm doing things of the kingdom. And when I'm doing things of the kingdom, I light it up. Yes, here's the promo. If you have kids, fifth grade on up through high school, we have this thing coming up. It's in Cedar Rapids this year, Open Bible Central. Talk to your youth leaders. One hand is up. Jared, Whitney is not claiming. <laughs> Talk to them. They'll get you signed up. But we're going to light it up this year. And, and you know what? I have to die to myself so I can raise up and light up the world. Then it says in verse 2, the virgin Israel has fallen never to rise again. She lies abandoned on the ground with no one to help her up. I don't want to be that guy who is dead but cannot rise. Thank you, Jesus. Right? I don't want to be that person that is dead but cannot rise. Thank you, Jesus. It goes on. It says this. It says, she, uh, the sovereign Lord says in verse 3, when a city sends a thousand men to battle, only a hundred will return. When a town sends a hundred, only ten will come back alive. Now this is what the Lord says to the family of Israel. Come back to me and live. Don't worship at the pagan altars at Bethel. Don't go to the shrines of Gilgal or Beersheba. For the people of Gilgal will be dragged off into exile. And the people of Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Come back. Everybody, come back. Come back to the Lord and live. Otherwise, he will roar through Israel like a fire devouring you completely. Your gods in Bethel won't be able to quench the flames. You twist justice, making it bitter, a bitter pill for the oppressed. You treat righteousness, righteous like dirt. It is the Lord who created the stars. The Wow, I did not see that one. And I read this. Pleiades and Orion, he turned darkness into morning. Come on. He turned your darkness into light. He turned your darkness into light. If we read Galatians 2.20, we'll find out that when we said yes to Jesus, we should have said this prayer. Lord, I've been crucified with you. I no longer live, but the God I serve, you God, you gave yourself because you loved me. You gave yourself, but I'm crucified with you. I die. I want to be brought from darkness to light. I want to be brought from darkness to light. Check that out. Man, and day into night, he draws up water from oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. When you're brought from darkness to light, he wants to pour down on you. Wow. When are we going to get to that verse that says run from evil, man? It sounds good. Sounds good. It is good. It is good. We have to die, though. Can we die to our worldly self? The one that wants justice and the one that wants vengeance, not justice. The one that wants a miracle for self-absorbance, not a miracle for the righteousness of the kingdom. We, we, want, we want to die to that person that just wants, wants, wants. Man, I, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, but sorry, not sorry. A lot of the songs we sang, how many of us sang, I'm saying, Lord, I want this morning. You know, how many songs did we sing? Lord, man, what, what was that lyric? What was that lyric? I got to find it, got to find it, got to find it. No place I'd rather be, God. No place I'd rather be. Lord, if I could only be here, I wouldn't have to deal with the crap at home. Man, if I'd only be here, I wouldn't have to deal with the emotions at home. Lord, I find your presence here, and I just want to sit in your presence right here because I don't know how to make it at home. Man, that's, that's bad. Because when we don't know how to enter into God's presence in our home, we will never be able to leave the crack house of our life. It's crazy because if we don't know how to allow his presence to invade our hearts so that wherever we go, he goes, we'll never be able to exit the darkness because we never bring the light to it. I want to light it up. 
I don't want to just come to church and be lit up. I want to leave, and I want to light others up. I want to light up the crack house that used to own me. I want to light up the trap house that used to own me. See, this is the thing. When we draw near to him, he pours out on us. And in verse 9, it continues. It says, with blinding speed and power, he destroys the strong, crushing all their defenses. How you hate honest judges. How many people hate it when someone comes up and is honest to them about how they've been? Oh, man, there are days where I'm like, come on, Lola, shut your mouth. And she doesn't know how because the Lord never gave her an off button. When it comes to speaking honest, you know, and she, she is trying to, she's, she's my partner in life. She's there till death do us part. And she's there to help me become the better person I'm supposed to be. So I need to take all her corrective criticism and go, Lord, I know you sent this woman to me to become better. Here's the problem. She got to know that I was sent to her to make her better. You know? And there are people in our lives that are sent around us to help us become better for the kingdom. We need to become better misfits. Anybody ever been told you can be a misfit? No, they'd lock you up for that. Not in the kingdom. They release you. And that's what I love is that we need to become those misfits that are released, that are, that are going out, that, that are saying, you know what, I, I, I don't hate an honest judge. I love an honest judge. I don't despise the people who tell me the truth. I love them. I hold them up. I, I'm there holding their arms up like Aaron was holding Moses' arm up. If you don't know that story, go into Exodus and find it. I don't know where it was. But that's what we need to do. Check this out. You trample, this is verse 11, you trample, you trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. I don't believe he's just talking physical. How many of you have built a big spiritual home in your own body? And God's like, no, I'm going to crumple that going to take that away. You don't get to live in that home. You don't get to live in that spiritual well-being that you're doing because you're doing it for your selfish desires. You're not doing it for me. See, we need to know what we're doing. In verse 12, it says, for I know the vast numbers of your sins and the depth of your rebellion. See, I don't know that. God knows. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. So those who are smart keep their mouths shut, for it is an evil time. I'm not here to tell you I'm going to keep my mouth shut today. But I'm here to tell you, if I see it online and I feel like the Lord's moving me, I've got to let my church know. I don't got to let the people online know. I don't got to let them know. When I see it, I hate it. Because here's the, the reality. It says this in the next verse, verse 14. Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into truth halls of justice. Perhaps even yet, the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. It says, do good and run from evil. It doesn't say run from the environment of evil because I don't live of the world. I live in the world and I live with light in my life. And if there's evil, then there's darkness. And if the, if the light runs from the darkness, then the darkness will expand. I don't know if y'all ever heard that. You want, want me to tell that to you again? You ready? Okay, if you, if you run from evil, you run away from evil, darkness will expand because darkness lies where there's evil. Here's the thing, darkness can't extinguish light, but light can extinguish darkness. Darkness has no power over light. Light is the thing that makes darkness go away. Darkness doesn't make light go away, the switch does. You know, the sun going down allows darkness to come up. But even then, God produced a moon that can create light. 
And when that moon is full, you can see. You might hate it because it's not as good. But God then said, the darkest time's right before the dawn, and I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up to light it up. But if all we do is run from what looks evil or what has been meant for evil, then we can never take back what was evil for good. We got to run into the Halloween season and start sharing the gospel and start loving on people who never come out because they're told just come out on Halloween because that's the only time you Satanists can come out. I got news for the founder of the Satan thing or whatever. I don't even know what he's called, the deacon of Satan. I don't know. I got news for them. I'm not leaving on Halloween. I'm coming out and I'm bringing the light so your darkness can be snuffed out. Because I don't live of the world, I live in a world, and I live, live of Jesus, I live of the kingdom, and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm not here to shy away from the darkness of this life. I'm here because God has created us to be soldiers who have light. Somebody. Are you guys hungry? Are you guys, are you guys thirsty? Are you guys ready to fight? Stop putting your fights against each other. Start putting it against the darknesses of this world. Man, I did not come into this dark world just to live in the dark or be afraid of the dark. When you were a little boy, you were afraid of the dark, but God raised you up to be a man and a woman who says, the dark can't scare me now. I've got the light of Christ. I, I need my phone. Can you get my phone for me real quick? It's on the ground there. See, this is how good God is. Typically, my wife sleeps a little later than I, and so I don't want to wake her up, right? And so what I do, can you shut off all the lights? What I do, so it got dark, right? Okay. Everybody else, get out your phones. Turn on that light. I saw this the other day. I went to a concert. How many like Switchfoot? Yeah. Dare you to move? Yeah. I shouldn't do that, huh? So... You get out your light, and everybody turns on their light, and all of a sudden it becomes a little brighter. They shut off all the lights, and everybody got out their light, and they lit up their, their phone. And we didn't need the lights anymore because we all became the light of Christ in a moment, saying, you know what? Darkness has to flee this light. When I turn it up, how many of y'all know how to turn up your light? Someone help me out. How do I turn up my light? Pull it down. I have an apple. Mine doesn't work. It's all right. Turn up your phones. Come on. But turn on the lights again. The thing is, is that when we turn on our lights, the darkness has to flee. You have a light within you. My light is still on. You have a light within you. And we cannot run from evil the way, the, the way people are telling us to run from it. In this scripture, it's talking about internal turmoil, internal evil, the things our heart wants to do, the things our heart pleads with us to do, because Israel was full of heart deception. Anybody? Israel kept on falling because their heart was full of deception and evil. But God has called us away from a heart of evil and into his light. He wants us to live through Jesus Christ as a light that shines brightly because he didn't call us out of the trap house into his light not to go back into the trap house with his light. You know, like he's called us out of the trap house into the Lord's house because he wants to raise up a new generation, a new people, a new call. He's calling us to get our firm foundation that when he calls us out to the mission field called the trap house, we go in going, I know how this life is and I can free you from it. Will you find Jesus? Let me tell you about my friend. He's a guy. He won't beat you. He won't molest you. He won't hurt you. He won't pay for you. He won't do any of that because he's already bought you with his blood. He died on a cross for you. When you go into the crack house, it's the greatest high you'll ever have. Let me tell you, it can conquer this high if you just choose Jesus. Man, maybe I don't know how those things work, and that's you, and you've got these ideas, and God's implanting ideas right now in your life, but he's calling you out of what the world wants you to hide from and into his light so that when you get out and the world tells you, you ought to fear this, you ought to be sad, you, they're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met my God? Have you met my Jesus? 
They can come for me all day long, but they cannot conquer me. I stand on the solid rock, the greatest foundation. They can come for me all day long. Things might hurt for a second, but I'm going out. I'm going to conquer that grave. I'm going to kick it down, and I'm going to run over you. Not because of who I am, but because of who the Lord has made me. It's because of the Lord. It's because of the Lord. I didn't come here to be fear-mongered into running away from Halloween. I love dressing up. Come on. I was so sad. I came home. Everybody's gone. Lola found me crying. Like, why are you so sad, buddy? I'm like, I don't get to dress up. Here's the thing. And this is what I got to say. How many of you have ever asked your kids what they want to be when they grow up? Yeah, okay, no one. It's just me. Awesome. Me and Andrea. And they told you these great things they wanted to be. But we never stopped them and said, wait, hold on. You don't want to be that of the world? We inspired them. We encouraged them. Right? And then when they get older and they enter into their call, and it's not what they said they wanted to be when they were three. Right? How, how bad is it that I want to dress up as an airline pilot now? You know? Like, I'm just pretending. I know that's not my call. I can live my call through the dress up. You can live the call of God through the dress up. It's not evil. It's just fun. Does Jesus not have fun? I mean, I've watched The Chosen. He wasn't good at games, but he played them. How many times have we just fallen into the trap, but yet we make excuses for everything else because that kid's learning, or that person's doing this, but then we go, oh, I can't do that. Mm. Let me put on my suit and tie and be religious. Even the Pharisees told people, you can't do that. Man, my God freed me from the slavery of darkness and opened up the light. He freed me from darkness and entered me into the light. I want to light it up. I'm not afraid of Satan's darkness. I'm afraid of God's darkness. Because that's the one. That's the one I need to fear. When he can cut out the lights like that, I fear that, man. God, you're the God of everything. You chose for me to be here. I want to know you. It's a healthy fear. How many of y'all want that fear? You want that fear that says, you know what? God can flip the switch. I'm afraid of that. Satan just tries to come in and darken the room. I'm not afraid of that because light, light lives in me. It doesn't live outside me. It lives in me. The darkness lives outside me. Where I walk, there is light. Where people see me, they are in a lit room. People are attracted to light. Except for Dwayne. I found out he likes soft lights, not bright lights. It's all good. He doesn't like them daylight light bulbs like I do. Go into my house. Lola hates it. Flip on all the lights. It's so bright. I did it because my mother-in-law, she hates it too. We go on. This is my second scripture. I promise I'm going to, I'm going to run through this. Okay, TJ? Okay, ready? 1 Peter 2, verse 1. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. So here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this real quick. God chose you to live it out, and you will be rejected. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be hated. You're going to be, you're living in, in Christ's shadow. You are Christ. You are his workmen and workwomen, just to be PC. You are his and he's calling on you to push through. He's calling on you to move forward. He's calling on you to make the world see. He's calling on you to be the light in this world because when you stop being the light, when you stop crying out to God, when you stop, the rocks have the job. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. I'm talking about literal rocks will cry out. God called us to cry out. God called on us to live out. God called on us to be the light. Because when we're not, 
that means the rocks have to be. I don't want that. Talk about despair. Verse 4, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Verse 5, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. He was the cornerstone. Now you're living stones. Now you are the rock that cries out. Now you are the rock that goes out. Now you are the rock that leads people to the cornerstone. Now you are the rock. You are. It's not those rocks. It's not those lifeless things that you have to throw to get to move. Like Switchfoot says, I dare you to move. I dare you to get up, pick your head up, and move. Because God is calling on us. He's daring us. He's moving us. He's pushing us. Man, I wish I was a good singer. I sing that to you. Uh, Praise the Lord, I'm not. Amen. I was kidding. As the scripture says, as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him, come on somebody, Jesus will never be disgraced. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced by the one who matters. You might feel embarrassed. You might feel disgraced here on this planet. But Jesus is the only one who would ever matter. When he says you're not a disgrace, then you are not a disgrace. It doesn't matter if somebody in your family says you're a disgrace. You are not a disgrace when you have Jesus. you got to stop that. You are a light, and you're supposed to shine bright for the kingdom of God. We need to be that light because we need to be ready to run into the darkness because we got to spread that light. There's a church down in Missouri, and the pastor's wife founded this ministry in the church, and and a bunch of ladies get up and they go to the strip club. Come on, because somebody needs Jesus. Want to talk about strippers for Jesus? We anti-stripper for Jesus. We put clothes on for Jesus. But they're out ministering for Jesus. I'll fight it. Jesus is calling on us to be those people that will go into the the dark areas, go into the places we once lived, and share the gospel. Do we get that? I dare you to move. I dare you to pick up your head off the floor and move. I dare you to go where you once were with the foundation of Jesus and with the light of Christ. To see what God does when he calls you there, when the time is ready, when God is ready, not man, not your own personal insecurities, but when God says he's ready. Because watch what God will do, and I dare you to take somebody with you that'll keep you true to who you are in Christ. Because where two or more go, God will come out bright. Verse 7, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who rejected Jesus, this is who they're talking about, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. How many have ever seen that? Check this out. I'm going to read it again. And Jesus, he, they're talking about Jesus, he is the stone that makes people stumble stumble the rock that makes them fall they stumble because they do not obey god's word come on we can't just read that section in context and go oh no my god makes me stumble he makes me fall i'm oh he's the one that caused my sin that's not what it's saying you caused your own sin you caused your own sin right in context check this out They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Man, you have this choice or this choice. If you choose this choice, there's a fate planned for you. If you choose this choice, there's a victory planned for you. I have it planned. Will you choose it? I've given you free will. Will you choose it? Adam and Eve had free will. They could eat of the fruit or they didn't have to. They could have lived in the garden. We could all be in the garden right now. We could all live there. Thanks, Adam and Eve. We didn't have to deal with sin and disease and death. And we didn't have to deal with all that, but Adam and Eve, right? But we thank God right now. Lord, thank you.
for giving me the ability to choose and for me to, to choose sin or life. Thank you, because I want to be obedient. Will you help me? Well, I'll help you, but understand there's a spanking if you don't. Maybe that's the wrong word to use. There's grounding time. I'll ground you. I think it's more like this. Listen up. But this is how I talk to David. I love you so much, kid. If you do this, you're going to face a consequence. What's right? And then he does it, and then he doesn't understand that he has a consequence, even though he does. And he's afraid to tell me, and so he tries to lie, and I go, listen, bud, I can tell. I don't know what that was, but that's awesome. A little afraid. Got the strength of God in me, though. But God calls on us, and he tells us, hey, you can do this, but understand, there could be a consequence. In verse 9, it goes on, it says, but you are not like that. We need to pray this over our lives. You are not like the one who stumbles. You are not like the one who disobeys. You are not the one that's leaving at 1128. I know that's your alarm. You got to get out of here. You got to get home. Shut up, phone. You are not like that. For you are a chosen people. Everybody, I want you to look up to heaven and say, I am chosen. I am yours. I belong to you, Jesus. I am the light of this world. Because you put yourself in me. I'm not like that, for you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. He called you out so you can go in. Oh, man, he called you out. How many have been called out of sin and darkness and the grave to go into the light, to eternity, to truth, to show up when the darkness around you is surrounding you? You show up, you light up your light, and everything's got to flee from you because there's nothing bad that can be around the good. That, that spider that wants to creep up on you? Uh-uh, Jesus lives in me. That slithery snake that wants to creep up on you? Nope, Jesus is here. That wolf in sheep's clothing that wants to come and tell you how it is and, and tell you you're doing wrong and you're doing right and you've got to follow me and you've got to stop following that. Stop it. Let God be the revelation of who you need to follow. Because God will be the revelation and he'll show you right, right to Jesus. He'll tell you this is what you need and you need to grow and you need to strengthen yourself and you need to put away the reading comprehension issue because I can fix that. You want to dig into the word, but you're like, oh, man, I just, oh, man, I just have a hard time understanding. Find out for yourself. Allow the Lord to open up your mind to hear his words and understand them. My God did not show up just so I could be a weak weakling sitting on the side being a, a, a skinny-armed wuss. Leave me alone. He called me out so that I could be spiritually the biggest guy in the room. And You know what? I'm probably not. And that's okay. I'm working on it. Today, we need to be working on it. We need to be pumping iron with the, the king of kings. We need to be pumping that iron. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into the light. Once you had no identity as, peop as a people, I like to say this, and I'm not going to add to the word, but once you had a negative identity, which to God is not an identity. Y'all hear that? Once you had a negative identity, but to God, that's not an identity at all. He said this, now you are God's people. Your identity is God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Yours is marked by God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. That's the proof. That's the proof that I tell you we got to run from the evil of our own hearts, the desires of our own hearts, the desires of our own souls before Christ. we got to run from that, but we got to implement Jesus. we got to run away from the 
evil desires of ourselves and run to Christ. Not the evil situations, because if you're in an evil situation and you already have Christ, then Christ has allowed you to be in that situation to light it up. If you believe in him and if you've prayed, Lord, I need, I need to share the gospel, will you put, me, put courage in me? Will you put me in a situation that allows me to be your light? Then he is doing that. Stop running from it. Man, I want to share the gospel. You're going to be in a dark place and you're going to share the gospel, but somebody who is in despair is going to hear your words. But Lord, I don't know what to say. Someone in despair will hear his words out of your mouth. But we've got to stop fearing the dark, because the light lives in us. Jesus Christ didn't die on a cross. He didn't get beaten. He didn't get battered so that we could run from it continually in the physical. He got beaten and battered so he could live in us and produce the light that shines through us so others could know him. He wants to be known. He's the only famous one. Verse 12, it ends this way. It says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will, be, will give honor to God when, the judges, when he judges this world. Man, when I was reading this scripture, how many of us are in a bad situation and we think, if I just quit this, it'll be totally different. If I just move away, man, I don't have to take that with me. It can be totally different. I remember going from high school to college and going, you know, when I move, I'm going to be so on fire for God. I'm going to be so lit for Jesus. Like God is going to show up and I'm going to be this totally different person. I'm going to be on my campus. I'm going to be known as that Jesus thumper. Like I'm going to be known as the, the one who pounds away at Jesus and I'm going to pound away at others and I'm going to be known. But the thing is, is I moved away, but I didn't become because I ran from and I entered into the same person I was. We aren't called to run away from things. We're called to face ourselves. Jesus is our support as we face ourselves and overcome our own evil desires so we can turn away from our wicked ways to face him, to go to him. We have to look in the mirror. Stop playing the game of, I'm going to take this scripture out of context and I'm going to run from every evil thing that's ever in this world because I can't stand it. When you have Jesus you claim to have him, then show up with the light of Jesus in every place of your life. And we're not going to play this game. We're not going to play this game of running from evil anymore because we have that revelation of light in our lives. How many of y'all are lit up? How many of y'all are mad at me? Thank you. One hand. That's that's terrible. I, wa I wanted this to be that one where, where, you know, you pet the dog the wrong way and they come bite your hand off. You know, because the thing is, is that when God's word interrupts your life, it, forgive me, pisses you off. Lord, why did you have to interrupt my life? Here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, you want to know this guy that wants to bring light into your life instead of darkness, that wants to empower you and get you to the point where you exit the trap house, enter the Lord's house, learn who he is, grab him as the, as the cornerstone of your life, grab him as your, your deep and solid foundation where wherever you walk, you cannot be pushed over by darkness. When, if that's who you want, if you want to be able to enter back into the trap house coming out with everybody who was in there that was in darkness wanting the light, God wants to free you today. He wants to show up in your life today. He's calling on us to, to live the contextual lifestyle. We're going out. We're not playing in the arcade, playing that, on, that not context. Oh, man. Ah! Right? We're not playing that, that, that scripture game of taking this out of context so that we can feel good about ourselves. You know? We're not playing that game no more. We're playing the in-context game. We're not just going to read a scripture and go, wow, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I can, but at the same time, read that in context. God is calling us on us to read the Bible, to ask him what it means, to reveal it to us. Learn something from the disciples, those idiots. They didn't get it, so they asked him bluntly, Lord, what does it mean? I don't get it. What does it mean? I don't get it. What does it mean, God? 
wait on him. Don't keep on talking to him. You're not preaching to God. You know? You're asking him, Lord, what does this mean? And just shut everything off. Figure out how to shut your mind off. And just focus on the king. He'll show up in your life. He'll give you revelation. He'll let you comprehend the words in the Bible. He'll move mountains in your life. Where they were blocking the light from getting out, you'll now be able to shine out of your windows. The shades will be pulled back and thrown away. Come on, somebody. They're dirty shades. They have, they have like girly things on them, and this is just me. You know what? I hate lace. Doilies on the window. I hate those. Yeah, they're dumb. If you don't know what they are, I'll show you sometime. I have one in my house. Not getting into that. That's a totally different. But God is calling us away from anything that could distract us from sharing the light. So we have to read the word in context to get that solid foundation. Anybody? Come on. Get into your word and read it in context. Ask the Lord. Rely on him for your understanding. Rely on him for your understanding. Rely on him for your understanding. Stop relying on your own self. Stop relying on the words that you learned in school. Start relying on God. God, I need you to tell me. And then write it down. Lord, maybe you'll give me understanding through you allowing me to write this down. God wants to show you his truth. He wants to reveal it to you. He wants to pull down, pull, pull the drapes off the windows, pull the door off its hinges, and allow light to shine out of you. But we cannot, do, we cannot continue to do that if we play the, I'm running from every evil in the book whenever it shows up in this world. Because darkness will come where you once were. Go closer to it. Knowing your foundation. Take a friend. You're nervous. Take a friend who has light with them. Take Dee Dee. Yeah. Take Andrea. Take Lola. Don't take Lola. She'll, mm, I don't want to deal with that. What does that mean? Take somebody. Take your friend. Take Cody. Cody will go if he's free. If his... Uh, maybe he won't. I just saw look. <laughs> Take me. Now I said it. Take me. I'll go with you. Right? We need to live this experience together. But if you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, I want you to come up. Every eye, eye closed, every head bowed. Lola, just come up, play something. We have a call on God, of God, to go out and spread the light. We have a call from God. If, if you don't know him and you want to know him, I want you up here. If, if, you, if you're struggling, if, if you're stumbling and you want to obey him more, I want you up here. If you're hurting, if you have pain, if you have a physical ailment, if you have an emotional ailment, if you have a, a spiritual ailment, God wants to meet you today. He wants to take the darkness away from your eyes. He wants to take the dimness of what has been placed in front of you. He wants to take the scales and rip them off. Saul, he was on the road to Damascus, and he was walking. And this isn't King Saul. This is, this is the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. One-third, my bad. One-third of the New Testament. And he's walking to Damascus, and he's with a crew. And, and a bright light shines down and blinds him. And a voice calls out, Saul, Saul, why are you killing me? Why? Saul was blinded. His answer was, Lord, who are you? Come on now. You know who God is. He's tugging on your shoulder. He's tugging on your, on your jacket. He's saying, hey, I'm right here. It's getting annoying. But God keeps on showing up. You keep on falling. You keep on stumbling. You keep on, but God's saying, will you turn to me? You could avoid all this. You could be the light. You don't have to live in the darkness. You could be the light. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Come to me. Wake up. If that's you, I want you to come up. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, if, if you are any of that, if, if that identifies with you, 
I want you to come up. If you want to be just set free from something, maybe I didn't even say it, but you're just saying, you know, I want to be set free from something. I want you to come up and I'll pray with you. And when I pray with you, you need to tell me what it is you want to be set free from. Because I believe with us together praying, we can see God unlock doors in your life. I want to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love it when your floodgates are open. We love it when you show up. But Lord, I don't ask that you would show up for my benefit. I ask that you would show up for your benefit because I know when you show up for your benefit, I actually benefit from your benefit. Just because the light is much lighter to carry than the darkness. It's much easier to see as I walk. It's much easier to to read your word when I'm lit up. Lord, I want your light in my life. Lord, I believe what you did on the cross wasn't just the end because you came back three days later. Saul was was freed from his blindness three days later. He was sinning and you blinded him and then three days later, the scales fell off. Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free to do your will. I want to be free to be a misfit creating mischief for you because Lord, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of if you turned off my light. Lord, because that light is your light inside me. Lord, I pray that you would just shine out of me. Lord, no matter what it is, I pray that you would, you would strike the devil on his head, you'd kick him out of my house, that you'd kick him out of my life, and that I could walk free and be free through you, and I could go into the dark areas to spread this light that you gave me. Because, Lord, this light's contagious. Strengthen us today, Lord. Give us freedom today. Move us today. Guide us today. Push us today, God. Give us confidence and strength and a boldness that outshines anything else we ever desired. But Lord, I want to go and I want to be obedient so that I do not stumble. Teach me, God. Teach me, Jesus, to be obedient. Lead me in your ways. Guide me on your path. Help me see your scripture in context of what you're telling me in this moment. Help me read it in context so I understand it. But Lord, don't let me run from evil in this world. Let me run from the evil in my heart. Let me grab onto your goodness to fill my heart so that when that time comes and you call me back into the darkness to spread your light, I am ready. Lord, give us sight strong tower to lean on in this moment, Jesus. Thank you for everything that you're doing, God. In Jesus' name.